Big Ten fans, welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Michael Chen. Give me a follow on Twitter at MFC2123. It is Friday, October 11th, 2019, and it is game weekend. Let's get this started. I'll get you all up to date with what happened off the field yesterday, and then we'll get to what's going to conspire on Saturday. We'll start off with players getting into the transfer portal. Yesterday saw two Big Ten players enter the transfer portal. Indiana's running back Cole Guest. On top of that, Maryland's freshman, a true freshman tight end, Tyler Devera. We'll start off with breaking down Indiana's Guest's decision. Guest is a redshirt junior from Ohio, was buried on the depth chart. He saw freshman jump over him on the depth chart. Uh, specifically Samson James. And this is a move where it's it's an obvious playing time one. Uh, Guest wants to play. Uh, Guest will most likely, is my guess, move down to a lower conference, uh, potentially a MAC, maybe a FCS school, to get more playing time. At this point in time of his career, I understand that really hasn't gotten an opportunity at Indiana, thought he would uh, as the backup behind Stevie Scott this year, but unfortunately that hasn't turned out the way that Guest thought it would. So, Guest will be moving on from the Hoosier program. Obviously can't take a red shirt. He only played four games this year, already red shirted. The only way he'd be able to get another one would be a medical, so... I'm not sure whether he is considered a grad transfer or not. As a redshirt junior, if he had gotten enough of his school credits, there's a potential that he could have graduated. I'm not 100% sure on that. Uh, I will take a look into it and see if I can find out a little bit more information on that for you. However, I know this for a fact. Maryland's freshman, Tyler Devera, he is not a grad transfer. He will take a red shirt this year and be able to transfer. And again, this is a playing time issue for Devera as well. The path for him to potentially become the starter was going to be long. Unfortunately, Devera probably was looking at potentially starting his junior year. I think he wants to obviously play a little bit faster than that. Only played in one game this year, so like I said, he'll take that red shirt, be able to transfer and obviously go on and, and play and and work it out that way. So I am okay with the transfers. I think that players being allowed to do what they want in their best interest for their career is perfectly fine. What I don't like right now is that it's kind of a free-for-all. And players are able to get in and out of the transfer portal Pretty much whenever. I think that the NCAA needs to really lock down a time frame on the transfer portal. I think that there should be a period of time post-season ending and prior to spring ball starting where these players can transfer. I think that in-season transfers should be worked through week six week eight 
think halfway through the season is okay uh, because then players realize whether or not they're not going to play or not. Injuries happen, etc. But this whole transfer portal with being able to transfer whenever, I hate it. I can't stand it. I'd like to see the NCAA put some stricter guidelines on the transfer portal. And speaking of the guidelines around the transfer portal, I'd like to see them say, all right, these guidelines are what gets you eligibility immediately. These are the guidelines that don't get you eligibility immediately. So I'd like to see the NCAA step up and make it clearer for players and teams to know what the hell is going on within the transfer portal and how it works because it's kind of like the wild west right now and i hate it i don't like it and i think it's good for players but i think there needs to be more across the board strict guidelines as to how the transfer portal works scott frost still has not announced the status of his starting quarterback and his star wide receiver, J.D. Spielman. Adrian Martinez, we have no idea what's going on with them. Both of the players, Martinez and Spielman, practiced on Thursday. Both were in pads. However, that was just during the open media session, and nobody really knows. Uh, the media asked Frost after practice whether or not the players were going to travel. He responded by saying that they have a tough game this weekend. <laughs> so Frost is being very coy about his quarterback and star receiver. Uh, we will see what happens. Nobody really knows. Uh, obviously, the offense would love to see Adrian Martinez and J.D. Spielman in the lineup, but with their injuries that they suffered last week in the win against Northwestern, we don't know. Nobody really knows. Nobody really knows. All right, I got a chance to finish up. Penn State's 24-7 college football episode on HBO. Uh, they were very coy about how it was going to work. I was hoping that they would go a little bit more along the season with them. Uh, there's only four teams that they were doing it for. And it was pretty much just is one week. It was just a quick glimpse into the Penn State program and James Franklin. I liked it. I thought it was pretty neat. If you get a chance to watch that it's only an hour so go ahead and watch it i think it was pretty cool to see how the program works what they do on their off time etc pretty neat i, I would it's it's definitely a watch if you're a college football fan the next two episodes are coming up and the one that's really intriguing for me is the washington state mike leach that will come out in uh, two weeks on Let's let me get you an exact date here. That would be the 23rd. They all come out on Wednesday. So definitely a watch. I, I'm I'm a big Mike Leach guy. I think that he's one of the more entertaining college football coaches around. And uh, I'd love to see you know how this one progresses. I'm very interested in seeing that. Uh, before we preview the games, we'll get to one little basketball note as well. The NCAA has denied... Wisconsin transfer, Micah Potter, immediate eligibility. Potter was on the Buckeyes team last year, 
played in a couple exhibition games prior to the season, saw that he wasn't really going to get the playing time that he wanted with the Buckeyes, and ended up transferring over to Wisconsin. Didn't play in any actual games. So you would have figured that the NCAA would have deemed him immediate eligibility. Well, that wasn't the case. Potter will be able to play this year. However, he won't be able to play immediately. He's going to have to wait till the end of the first semester and then be eligible. But I think it's absolutely ridiculous that the NCAA has made this kind of decision. Going back to what I spoke about earlier, the NCAA needs to have strict guidelines as to players' eligibility during the transfer process. And right now they don't. And I think that's absolutely ridiculous. They've had enough time now. They say, all right, we see what's going on with the transfer portal. We understand the issues that we've had with the transfer portal. It's time. It's time to come out and do something. And the NCAA is just sitting on their hands, just watching this odd procedure. And you're looking at the way that they work things, giving quarterbacks eligibility immediately because of playing time, not because of sick family members or injuries or whatever it may be. There needs to be clear guidelines as to who gets immediate eligibility and who does not. The NCAA can do better, and hopefully they will do better. So I'd love for that to happen, but unfortunately, it looks like for Potter, uh, he will probably be able to play at some point in time in December, probably the end of December or potentially early in January. He's not going to miss the full season for the Badgers, but they won't have his services early on in the year. All right, let's get to this week's action. We'll start off with the 11 o'clock games. There's not really one on this schedule that really stands out, and you're like, oh, man, i got to watch this game. Michigan takes on Illinois, traveling to Champaign. I think this one is a game where the Wolverines have an opportunity to really put a beating on Lovey Smith. Lovey is treating this one as a rivalry game, which – I think that when you ask the Illinois faithful, Michigan is one of their rivals. Because he's being coy with his quarterback situation. Who the hell knows what's going on? Is it going to be Brandon Peters, who got hurt last week in the loss against Minnesota? Is it going to be true freshman Isaiah Williams, who was hurt? was unable to transfer I'm I'm sorry travel last week and be the backup. Is it going to be Matt Robinson who stepped up for Brandon Peters last week when he was injured and was able to play Robinson as a redshirt freshman. Wasn't the best out there but he was out there. So it'll be interesting to see what goes on with the quarterback situation for the Fighting Illini. I think that's the biggest drama that you're looking at for this game this weekend. Honestly, I can't see this one going any other way than Michigan's. I think their defense is so good that the Fighting Illini will have trouble moving the ball regardless of who's behind center. And I'm not sure if Michigan can fix their offensive woes. 
But I think they'll put up some points against the Lovey Smith-led defense. And I think this one, uh, I wouldn't say a huge blowout. I think a 21-point victory for the Wolverines is right along par with what we'll see. Indiana's taking on Rutgers. Indiana should beat Rutgers. Rutgers is ugh, one of, probably one of the worst teams in all of college football. You have to wonder what's going on. Obviously, with the firing of Chris Ash this week, McLean Carter retiring this week, uh, Arthur Sitkowski is obviously hurt and not playing, Nunzio Campanelli, I'm not sure if he's over his head with this job, but I'm not quite sure that he really knows what the hell's going on. Uh, I think that it'll be an interesting thing to watch. I don't really, like, I'm not sure that he is the guy that they want to lead the program going forward. So we'll see. Uh, Johnny Langan most likely will get the start at quarterback this week after he got the start last week. So we'll see, but I can't see Rutgers winning this one. I think that Indiana is more than a solid team. Uh, I like their quarterback situation. I like the fact that uh, you know Michael Penix, when he's healthy, can go out there and move the ball. Although, yeah, they lost to Michigan State uh, last week. It was a close one. The final score isn't really indicative of how the teams, how close the game was. Uh, Peyton Ramsey has filled in for Penix and done a fantastic job. So uh, I, I like the Hoosiers. I think that they win this game. I can't see them losing to Rutgers. I think they're overmatched here. And uh, I think Indiana's on their way to uh, making a bowl and you know, kind of getting their program turned around. Tom Allen, I think, has done a fantastic job recruiting, getting new facilities, everything. Although I don't think they'll ever compete really too much for a, a Big Ten title or a national championship. Indiana won't be a, the the afterthought like they have been in previous years. Uh, Maryland and Purdue in this one, uh, you're looking at a pair of backup quarterbacks starting for the respective teams. Josh Jackson is hurt. Tyrell Pregromi will be starting once again for Josh Jackson. And then you're looking at Purdue's side. Jack Plummer going to take the reins because Elijah Sindelar obviously out with the broken bone. And he's going to be out for at least another, I believe it's six more weeks, uh, potentially seven after having the injury uh, two weeks ago. So battle of backup quarterbacks. Uh, and this one, uh, I see Maryland. They've been a Jekyll and Hyde team this year. Either they blow you out and win, or they get blown out, or they lose a game that they're supposed to win. This one could be one of those, but I don't see it going that way. I see them taking this one. Uh, the only afternoon game, the only 2:30 game, pits Michigan State against Wisconsin. This is going to be an old-school-style Big Ten slug-em-out game. If you like offense, you probably don't want to watch this one. Joe Bacci leading Michigan State's defense along with Kenny Willekes, Raquan Williams. The defense is damn good for the Spartans. 
and they're going to punch you in the mouth. But they're coming off of a hard-fought game against Ohio State. Yeah, they lost, but it's a hard-hitting game. Mark D'Antonio views Ohio State as a as a rival, obviously with his history there being the defensive coordinator for a little while under Jim Trussell. It's going to be a tough one. Uh, I think that Paul Christ is going to have to get the air game going a little bit. They're going to sell out and try to stop Jonathan Taylor, and why wouldn't you? That's the way that you're going to have to slow down Wisconsin's offense. I think Michigan State's got the manpower to do it. However, will they wear down and be tired after last week's game against Ohio State? That's the question. I've got Wisconsin winning this game, not going away. I think it's going to be a close one. But it'll be a, a lower scoring, I believe. I don't think Jonathan Taylor is going to score five touchdowns like he did last week. I'm sure Taylor will go over 100 yards in this one, but I think it's going to be a hard-fought 100 yards. I think it's going to take 20 to 25 carries for him to get that 100 yards. In the game of the week, number 10, undefeated Penn State traveling to just-defeated Iowa, number 17 overall in the country, Kinnick Stadium. A 6.30 start on ABC. Got to watch this one. This one's the game. If you're going to watch one game in the Big Ten this week, this is the game. I'm very high on Penn State. I've been saying this for a while. I think they're a sleeping giant. I wouldn't say a sleeping giant. I think they're just being overlooked because when you look at all the pub that the other two top ten teams are getting, and that's Ohio State and Wisconsin, everyone's talking them up, but... There are two teams in the country that have a top five scoring offense and a scoring defense. One of them is the Buckeyes. The other one is Penn State. Iowa's top three in the, I'm sorry, top four in the country in scoring defense. However, their offense doesn't match it. Penn State's got that mix, that elite mix. And with that elite mix, I think they go in to Iowa City, Kinnick Stadium, and they knock off Iowa. I think that Iowa's solid. They're a good team. But to me, Kirk Ferentz has an 8-4 and four team, an 8-4 and four team, an 8-4 and four team. Nate Stanley is a solid quarterback. Solid. Not a game-breaker. Sean Clifford, I think he's a game-breaker. And he's a young game-breaker. Just a redshirt sophomore. Had to wait his turn behind Trace McSorley. And he's taking the reins. And... I think when you ask Penn State fans, I think they're pretty happy about the transition from McSorley to Clifford. However, when you look at Stanley, he's just a game manager. He's not a game breaker. And I think that's one of the reasons why Iowa's going to lose this game. Because when push comes to shove, like it did last week against Michigan, was Stanley able to move the ball in a two-minute drill? Was not. And that's the difference. I think Clifford will be able to do that. I don't think Stanley can do it. So I've got Penn State winning, continuing their undefeated season in Iowa. Still tracking for that 8-4 and four season. That other night game, you got Nebraska going up against undefeated Minnesota. I think Minnesota is the surprise right now in the conference. When you look at what they've done, they've won the games that they're supposed to win. Their schedule hasn't been all that difficult. They, they're out of conference schedule light. They've had 
very injured Purdue team. On top of that, a not very good Illinois team. Nebraska will be their first real challenge. And I think that Minnesota is up for it. I think that especially when you look at the fact that who knows what's going on with Adrian Martinez and J.D. Spielman. Those are the two best defensive, um, offensive players for Nebraska. Uh, Wayndale Robinson is probably third on that list. He's been absolutely electric, back-to-back Big Ten Freshman of the Week award winner. But this offense goes as long as Adrian Martinez does. And if Martinez is out, I think they might sputter a little bit. They sputtered against a, a tough defense in Northwestern last week. I think they sputter again this week against Minnesota. And the Gophers go to 6-0. and They got Rutgers next week. Then they have Maryland. And it could be an undefeated showdown a ten uh, uh, against 10th-ranked Penn State, although I think Penn State will be ranked higher by the time they clash the second weekend of November. I think that's going to be a good one. I think that's going to be uh, one of the better Big Ten games of the year, although I don't think it's going to be Big Ten game of the year. I think that that's going to be the Ohio State-Wisconsin game on the 26th of this month. But I think that's going to be a fun one. should be a good one. And uh, I think that you, know, you got to watch out for Minnesota. They could lose this one. I could see it. They are at home. They are favored. But you know, even if they lose a 7-1 and one Minnesota going up against an undefeated Penn State, as long as Penn State takes care of business this week, which I think they will, will be a good one. Will be a good one. I think Penn State has uh, the back-to-back tough ones here, Iowa, Michigan, and then they go to Michigan State as well. So if they get through this little gauntlet here, They've got a couple, I wouldn't say cupcakes, but they've got the Buckeyes looming on the 23rd of November as well. So Penn State holds their own destiny. If they win out, they'll be undefeated going into the Big Ten Championship game, and they could potentially represent the conference and the college football playoff. I think there's three very viable teams to do that. On top of Penn State, you've got Wisconsin and Ohio State. So uh, another fun week in Big Ten football, week seven. Very excited to watch a couple of these games, and I hope you are as well because that's going to do it for me today on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. I appreciate the listen. Once again, give me a follow on Twitter at MFC2123. Follow the show page as well at Two Cents Pods on Twitter. Like us on Facebook, Two Cents Pods over there. Rate us, review us, and share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a great weekend, Big Ten fans. We will talk to you on Monday.